Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. I have a wonderful guest uh, with me this week, Adam French. He is the owner of Wade. He's been a longtime friend and previous co-host of a podcast that I think most people did in lockdown. I think everyone started a podcast in lockdown, <laughs> but uh, we we didn't continue with it. Um, and this is why the PH Nutrition Podcast is now live. But um, welcome to the podcast, Adam. You are currently a nomad traveling around the world running the business so give us an update mate how are you mate i'm all good currently i'm a nomad yeah in uh, the wonderful island of Koh Samui in thailand um yeah all is good but it's one of those places that's so hot that you just have to sit inside all day so it's kind of like <laughs> might as well be at home but no. then, man, it's good taking the time be, off yeah you don't want to be at home like you say you can when it's when the work's done, then you can be getting outside. But yeah, it's a lot of time that people think that, oh yeah, you're just living outside. But actually, like say, it's like, say, it's like Dubai. Like, you yeah. don't actually see much sunlight unless you're actually on the about, It's about an hour so of the so day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 But look, let's loop back on to today's topic, uh, which is protein powder. And I felt that someone that owns a protein powder company um, would be well-versed to dive into all of the questions that potentially you know, people have and dispel, you know, dispel some myths and give us some more information about choosing the right types, what's the difference, you know, how much should they use, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to go into it, all of it and lay it right out. So um, thank you so much. And let's get into, into the first question, which is different, different protein powders. So how do we differentiate between them? Like, let's start with the whey proteins as well, because there's lots of yeah. different ones that we, that we yeah, have on the market. Cool. Uh, just a quick First, heads up, obviously, I run a brand that has one of these variants, but I'm going to be super non-biased today and just sort of give, give the lay of the land of what's out there and then people can choose at the end. Um, Superb. And if they choose the right one, uh, that's not my brand, then that's, that's their choice, but it will be the wrong choice. Right, so some milk. Let's, let's start with milk, actually, because milk actually has five types of protein powder from it. So take, take you back to a little story and a little Miss Muffet. So she adds enzymes to milk and it creates curds and whey. A lot of people know that for curds and whey, but they don't really know what it is. Now, whey is the liquid, is the clear liquid that you see on top of a yogurt uh, from milk or dairy yogurt. And it's casein or casein, however you want to say it. I'm going to say casein. 
is actually the, the thing that gives milk its white color. So basically the initial process, you take milk from a farm and then you add the enzymes, you create the curds and whey. So now let's take whey to one side. So we've got the clear whey. What they do is to create three ways after this, all from the same original, effectively, let's say pint of milk. And the three types of whey don't come from separate different types of milk. They all come from the same source. Now, the first step they go through is microfiltration, which is basically just a sieve that removes the fat and the sugar or some of the fat and some of the sugar until you get a protein power, a protein liquid that's about 80% protein. Now, this is whey protein concentrate. So this is the most common type of whey protein out there. It's the cheapest to produce because it obviously involves fewer processes. I like to call them cleaning steps or filtering steps. Uh, it's not a bad product. Um, it's not for everyone, which I'll come to talk about in a minute, but that's what whey protein concentrate is. We then go through another step called ultra filtration, which takes out even more of the fat, even more of the sugar that's in milk to create a, a whey isolate, which is another quite common form of whey protein. Again, it's from the original milk source, and this is about 90% protein. A lot of people will say if you get if you get an upset stomach and you're lactose intolerant, then an isolate is good for you. Mm. And for the majority of the time, that is right. But each individual brand, each individual manufacturer will go through different variants of ultrafiltration. So you can either filter all of it out or you can filter some of it out. Uh, lactose is um, the sugar in milk. So not a lot of people know that. I certainly didn't before I started my business. So if you're lactose intolerant, you don't have produced the lactase enzyme to break down lactose. So what you want to be looking for if you have an issue with lactose intolerance or you feel like you do, you're getting bloated, you're getting gassy, you're running to the toilet after taking milk, whey concentrate or whey isolate, is to try and find a protein powder without any sugar in. Now, hopefully you won't have any added sugar. So the only sugar that will be in milk, and look, if you look at the nutritionals, will be from lactose. Yeah. So that's effectively whey protein isolate. So it goes through another filtration. Then there's a third type of whey, which is where food enzymes, so food food safe food enzymes are added to the whey isolate to basically break down the amino acid peptide chains into smaller peptides, so two or three, um, which is basically pre-digest the protein powder. And what that basically means is it turns it into a hydro isolate or hydrolyzed whey, which is something I'm very familiar in because that's what my business has, a hydrolyzed whey. And what this means is that it, gets into your bloodstream quicker because when you drink it, um, you've basically already done the digestion process. Therefore, it doesn't give you an upset stomach. It doesn't make you bloated. The only time that you wouldn't want to take a hydrolyzed whey would be if you say you had a milk intolerance or you're for ethical reasons that you don't want to have milk. So there are three types of whey. They get increasingly more expensive as you go down that chain. Um, mm. And I'll come to talk about the, the benefits of all three of them later. The reason why they get more expensive is because obviously they involve more filtering um, yep. and, and the adding of the hydrolysis. So now, the, the, sorry. at the start, sorry to interrupt quickly before you go okay. on to that. The clear way at the start mm -hmm. is the liquid from the, before ever any process has happened, Correct, know, just the yeah. separation. Is that yeah. what is in the, you know, like the clear way products that are available now? No. Um, no. Good question there. I mean, it makes sense, right? That's the clear way it yeah. should be that. The clear whey is hydrolyzed whey protein with citric acid and sweeteners yeah. and flavorings added to it. So it's, it's more expensive than normal hydrolyzed whey. 
you basically, if you don't like the milky texture of, of, of whey protein or protein powder, yep. then it, it's potentially one for you. The jury's out a little bit. It's, it's a good product, but the, it's not for everyone. Um, but yeah. it's definitely not, yeah, yeah. The, it's really popular at the moment, especially when it gets to a sort of a hotter climate. It's hot. Yeah. Yeah. You can really see the, the, the cost difference between a whey concentrate and a clear whey because of the, the, the basic, the process they go through, but obviously it involves a little bit more artificial flavorings than you would on a normal product. So yeah, but that's, that's what clear whey is. And then going back to that original source, we had, we then had the cassian. So a lot of the time that is made from, is made into cheese. This, it's not a massively popular product to make casein, cassian protein powder. Um, but basically to create the, the liquid or the, the dry powder. So to get a liquid, they have like a centrifuge, which is basically spinning it around. I don't even remember from the old days of Socorium, the centrifugal force, where you just spin it and the liquid stays <laughs> in the middle. But that's not what happens. So basically it just spins it, separates yeah. it, lots of solids and liquids, then you get the liquid. Then they ultrafiltrate that to remove the fat and sugar and you get the casein. Uh, now that, so basically you hear whey and you hear casein. So not all whey is the same, as I've just mentioned. Yeah. But all caseins are the same. No, okay. Now, cool. a lot of the time you'll see whey versus casein. What's the difference? What's better? Whey has more amino acids in it, especially leucine, about 30 to 40% more. And casein is something that people will take before bed. Now, this is basically the reason why this has happened is because when you drink ca- casein, let's use it. Let's, let's say casein. Let's say casein. Because I, I can't get on board with this casein. Yeah, weird. You know, that's for me, Case- casein. Casein. Is that, is that not how it is? Casein? Say what you want, mate. Casein. Like, potato, potato. <laughs> casein. What casein is, is basically curdles in your stomach. So okay. that sounds a bit disgusting. That's what happens. And that's why it, it takes longer to digest and, and absorb. And this is a sort of drip feed approach, which, you know, if you've got any issues with dairy, then obviously this is not the product for you. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Personally, I think the, the world is clouded in terms of all really different types of protein powders. Effectively, if your goal is fat loss, if your goal is muscle gain, if your goal is slow drip feed through stuff overnight, total protein is way more important than potential timing and speed. I've got a great little guide that we, 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 we work with, with the football clubs that we work with in terms of how we get the players to consistently take products, which we'll talk about later, which is a great way for you to choose a protein powder that's right for you. Yeah. But casein is, is what it is. I don't see the benefit of it slow dripping through when you could just have the same amount of protein that gets into your bloodstream quicker and does the same amount of thing if it's the same total protein. Um, yep. Maybe, maybe, maybe you think otherwise, but yeah, I mean, me and Luke did a research review on pre-bed protein, and there's, I, I think you're going into the real minute details that probably you don't need to concern yourself about for the majority of people. Like if you are using a product, protein product pre-bed to help stimulate growth or help hit your pro- overall protein targets, then using a casein or using a whey concentrate, a whey isolate or a hydrolyzed whey, like it doesn't really matter because the key driver of muscle growth and repair and regeneration is total protein and distribution across the day. So, yeah. it, it you know, it probably for us comes down to, you know, personal preference on that like say some people don't get on with casein some people really enjoy the taste and it's actually a little bit thicker and it makes them you know have a little bit they have to use less liquid or you know because you can make it into a pudding you know it, mm. it's that is is that 
practicality approach as opposed to, oh my God, it, it's so much better for you than having a whey shake before bed or having whey protein in something, you know, cereal or yogurt or whatever oats before bed. Like, again, yeah. don't think you need to worry about it too much. I think it, like, preference it's is a brilliant another product. word as well. Yeah. Preference is a brilliant way of looking at it as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Personally, I think a lot of people that start with protein powder, they'll start by going with a concentrate. Then they'll see they can tolerate yeah. that. And then they'll be like, okay, cool. Can't, I can't tolerate this. Then they'll move down the hierarchy or up the hierarchy, um, as you might want to call it. But, you know, it's the, I've got some stats on the effectiveness of everything. And it all depends on where you are, who you are in your journey, what you're trying to achieve. If you're a professional football player, 1% is a massive difference. If you're yeah. three times a week in the gym, then maybe not. Yeah, but that's it. We'll talk about that. Point, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So we'll, just before we move on to that, because we want to get into some practical applications. Yeah. What's the difference between vegan proteins now, plant-based proteins? Cool. Can I just quickly say what native whey is? No, no, you can't. No, but yeah, of course you can, mate. Moving on. Of course on. you can. Native whey is the clear whey. No, joking. Native whey is basically just the whole, it's like milk powder. You might hear, you might see milk protein. It's basically the same thing. So they don't, you, you take the whole milk rather than separating the curds in a way, you put it all together and then you basically go through the processes of filtration. And it's basically like casein and whey together. Um, okay. The, the issue with it is the reason why it's more expensive as well is because protein powder whey is a byproduct of cheese making. So currently all whey in the world is produced because of cheese making or casing. Um, they haven't got to the point yet where you make, you're just making straight whey protein and, and mm. not making cheese. It's a byproduct. The problem with native is that they're, they're not using that product for anything else. So whey, whey protein, for example. So with our, with our dairy from Ireland, actually the lactose is used to make gin and the fat is used to make makeup. And it's every single part of every single molecule of that is made to something else that therefore that's how we can bring the cost down. So native, yeah. you'll see it. People want to know what it is. That's what it is. Okay. Don't see the really see the point of it. Preference. I don't know, but that's what it is. Vegan. Right. Um, yeah. just want to quickly say what is it before we start on vegan? I wanted to give you a definition of what is a complete protein. Yes. Very down. Good. A complete protein is a food that contains an adequate proportion of each of the nine essential amino acids that are necessary in the human diet. So, you know, most people know that we need to get, you know, most people know, some people know that we need to get the nine essential amino acids in our diet that we can't produce naturally. What a lot of people assume, what a lot of people I see online say is that vegan protein, plants, don't have all of these nine essential amino acids. That's actually incorrect. Plants have all of these amino acids. They just don't have them in the right proportion. And that's, for me, is, is such an important thing to think about. Like a, a plant has leucine, it has, you know, methionine. It just doesn't have it all in the right proportions that it needs to be a complete protein. And a complete protein allows you, your body to build and repair. So they, are, they do contain all essential amino acids, but they're not complete protein. None of the protein powders that are on their own in unison, and the three that we'll talk about, pea, soy, and hemp, um, are complete proteins. So start with pea, which is my personal favorite. And effectively, with these three, pea, soy, and hemp, it is what it, you think it is. It's basically a pea that's been dried, dehydrated, the fat, the starch, the fiber removed to create a powder. So I won't go through the processes too much with the way we needed to. Uh, pea is great. It's, 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 it's relatively high in uh, leucine for a plant-based product. 
but still lower than whey, about 25 to 30% lower. Uh, and it's super low in methionine, which is an essential amino acid. So what you can do is just blend it with brown rice or rice powder is a brilliant way because that's high in methionine. And the perfect mix is about 70p, 70% p, 30% um, brown rice. We, we have a, a, a vegan protein powder, Wade, even though our business is called Wade, we have a vegan protein powder. We spent a long time developing to give us the exact same amino acid profile that we get with our whey. And to do that, we've also added quinoa, um, pumpkin seeds, and also leucine, which we'll talk about yeah. in a bit. So that's, yeah. that's pee on its own isn't necessarily bad, but you needed some more of it to get the essential amino acids that you know, basically. I think when plant-based proteins started to come onto the market a little bit more regularly, they were single uh, mm, ingredient. Yeah, yeah. They were pea, they were hemp. They were soy. Yeah. Uh, but these, you know, and, and I think that's where maybe people started to kind of, you know, say that, oh, they aren't as good as, or, or, or they're not as, they're inferior to whey protein because they actually, like you say, they, they had low amounts of specific amino acids. But yeah. these days you'll see all plant-based proteins mm. all have a blend. Yeah. There'll all be a blend of, like you say, rice, quinoa, pumpkin seed, hemp, you know, that there's mm. probably two or three in there and that, that again help you to will help that product become a more complete kind of protein yeah. source similar to a whey protein and that's where a lot of you know maybe the ingredient lists get a little bit longer but i think these days you know i think i think there's some some fantastic products out there yeah, so yeah I you, agree. you're going to touch yeah. on like adding leucine because this is a this is something that i think a few companies do but yeah not a lot do when it comes yeah. to plant-based proteins there's, there's a good and a bad way of doing it. I mean, leucine, you'll know this from your football days, tastes probably, it's one of the worst tasting things in the world. It's horrendous. On its own, leucine powder is, it's it's awful. bitter. It's, it, well, it's just bitter, basically. It's, it's similar to glutamine, I think, like in, in terms of, oh, I think it's, it's worse. taste. But God, I, I think mean, it's 10 times worse. I mean, glutamine on its own is pretty bad, but yeah, yeah. leucine. So that you could, there's a company that will leucine spikes. So everyone has heard about leucine. They kind of know it helps with, you know, it's the key to building muscle, which I've got a really cool analogy we'll talk about. But they'll basically say, oh, this is the added leucine, it's great. But then does it have the other complete proteins that you need? Yeah. Um, potentially not. Uh, it's called leucine spiking. You don't want to have too much. The reason why pea is great is because it's not that low on leucine, so you don't have to put as much uh, in it. Whereas hemp is super low on leucine. Now, again, hemp is, is from the whole hemp seed. The oil is removed. <laughs> take that away. I wonder what they do with that. They, they put it on your knees and you get magic knees, apparently. But the oil is removed and then you have this hemp protein. But again, hemp is great, but it's low on leucine. Soy is one that was probably the original, the OG vegan protein yeah. powder out there. And it's got a great amino acid profile. The biggest issue with soy is, is it, is it safe? Is it, and how is it made? So a what lot of it, safe? Is, what do you mean safe? A lot of it's genetically modified. Um, okay. So I read a stat that 94% of the soy in America is made grown with pesticides, like Roundup. I just think if, it, if anything is grown with that a level of extreme high processing, genetically modified with mm. those types of things on, um, there's a lot of research coming through, or a lot of studies that are now showing that that alone it means that it's highly processed. It's something that soy protein isolate is something you'll see in a lot of the mm. vegan meal burgers and stuff if i take it personally my gut is in complete issues a lot of the reason why people have 
I know we're talking about protein powder here, but a lot of the reason why people will struggle with meat-free meats is because of, of soy protein isolate. You, really? If you're looking for a great meat, I know we spoke about this a long time ago on our other podcast, but you know, if you're looking for a great meal, a burger made with plants is pea. Pea's great. Yeah. Beyond burgers, maybe with peas. So, so yeah, so that's my point on soy. I don't know too much around sort of increasing estrogen and maybe you can just throw your hat in the ring here, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. The devil's in the dose with this, with soy uh, intake. I think a lot of people would say like, oh, don't take it if you're a male, don't take it if you're young, you know, go, you can take it if you're, you know, postmenopausal or, you know, going through those types of that that time of your life if you're a female because it helps with estrogen mm. um you know increasing estrogen levels but again like you know we you've seen there's people that have been vegan or vegetarian their whole lives and they've consumed soy and they're fine they strong and build muscle and stuff like that i think there's a lot of misinformation and there isn't a definitive answer on it mm. so it is about a little bit of trial. my my experience on it is like trial and error if you if you can take soy and you can handle it and you don't feel that it causes bloating issues or if it causes gut issues or if it you know makes you feel fatigued or foggy or if you get your blood done regularly that it doesn't tank your you know testosterone which it doesn't it doesn't it's not an automatic thing like you don't take soy and then all of a sudden your testosterone level go through the floor through a male you know and your estrogen go to you know spike up so it's a bit of a we don't really know definitively what's happening if you're talking about Roundup being used on it, then if you're using soy regularly and you're, you know, from a protein powder point of view, as well as a meat replacement point of view, then potentially it might be doing something like an endocrine disruptor. And this is what a lot of pesticides and, you know, things like this are. Hmm. This is one of the reasons why people tell you to stay away from them because it can affect, you know, your hormone levels. That's so, hmm you know, in different ways. So it's one of them where yeah. I, can't, I can't, I can't say like definitively, but I do think that, you know, I consume soy. It's in a lot of like products, isn't it? Like protein products. Like if you've got, you know, protein cereal, or if you've got protein bars. It's the, it's the first like one this. that's used. I mean, it's a lot of one. Cause used, it, why is that? Cause it's cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's super cheap. It's, it's not gone up in it. Cause it's so easy to produce it on mass. Um, yeah. I mean, Soy, soy products, tofu, tempeh, tempeh. These are great products. It's, for me, again, it's it's the source is probably more important with the soy as well. Like, it, it's really hard to find out where the stuff is sourced from. So, mm-hmm. when we were producing our vegan protein, it's it was just a very muddy, cloudy. In, you know, we wouldn't touch it because we didn't know we didn't think it was safe. That yeah. may change in the future. It's a shame because it. From an amino acid point of view, which is what you're looking it's at, very good protein. It is good for you, but um, yeah. just be just be careful, like you say. And like if you get places in, in Asia, somewhere like Bali, like tempeh, where in theory they they said they invented it, you know, where they grow it themselves and they create this amazing, you know, meat-free substitute. There's not be no issue with that, but it's the case of if you're putting this super. You got to remember, protein powder is super concentrated. It's yeah. basically the pure protein of these products. So you're you're getting this really concentrated version of something, and that's where maybe more research needs to be done. But yeah, yeah the jury's out. But I think I think unfortunately, I don't. Well, the jury's not out. I think a lot of people have already made their mind on soy, based yeah. on what I've seen. 
good, good stuff. Really good insight in terms of the, the different types and different types of plant-based ones as well. Now, what we find is that people ask us, you know, why should I, or when should I use different ones? Like, why should I use a specific whey protein? You said you had something with footballers that you advise them to do. I'm just going to put my two cents in there before you start you go, going yeah, into a little it. bit more detail. Is that, again, I think you're getting lost in the in the detail for i think 99 percent of people you don't need to worry about the type of protein powder that you're using you need to find one that you like the taste of that you don't get any reaction with in terms of bloating fatigue fogginess skin issues you know like whatever and you feel good you help you that, that you like to consume in a shake, you like to add to foods and you find that it benefits your recovery and muscle growth and, and you know, performance. If you do that, then it, it comes down to a little bit of the sliding scale of price. Like if you've got a little bit more, you know, disposable income to spend on a hydrolyzed way, then do it. But again, there are products out there that aren't wildly expensive of like 50 pound a kilo. Or if you find that actually the cheaper version of the whey protein concentrate makes you feel good then use that i used to use white person concentrate i still kind of do certain times like it's yeah i don't have a reaction to it so i'm like yeah. well why am i and i don't notice a difference when i take something you know but i have you and this is i think one of the reasons we connected is when i had a, a ton of gut issues maybe five six years ago i did use your pro product and i did find a benefit mm, but yeah. for whatever reason now i've gone through and you know i don't have these issues so i i can a little so bit because, more you, with my it, because you found glutamine in in the last five years that just basically well yeah glutamine it, it is our secret weapon if i'm honest like glutamine on that stomach first thing in the morning uh, it did help that that was a massive you know driver of helping me to improve my gut health yeah. but i didn't use whey protein for a couple of years i just used plant-based proteins mm. again mm. trialing it and now i actually find i feel better on whey protein mm. and i yeah. just use a normal and i just use a normal whey protein so again I, I think when we get into this is like, should I worry about on ice that, you know, I don't think we need to kind of concern ourselves too much, but what, what info have you got in terms of if you are looking to really yeah. step it up? It's, I think you might've seen my notes or our confidential presentation that we have for the football clubs we work with, but like what makes a good protein powder when we're speaking to the clubs is do the players like it and can they take mm -hmm. it consistently? So taste is the most important reason why people take protein powder. What makes it, it taste good. And that's something you need to be a little bit careful on because artificial sweeteners, flavoring, these types of things in certain levels, it's going to make it taste nicer than other things. Um, yep. But they're, they're not. So like the, the source of the dairy is the most important thing for it tasting the best. So if okay. you are sourcing it from grass-fed, paste, dairy that are not in cages, that are free to roam, that quality protein is not only higher in amino acids that are naturally occurring, it tastes better. Yeah. Compare that with, you know, some protein powders that mass produce it, you know, and the cows aren't allowed outside. They're going to have higher hormones. It doesn't taste as good. So yeah. the one thing that frustrates me the most about this industry is the, the lack of transparency that legally the brands, including myself, have to tell you in terms of where they produced it. Yeah. Like if you had to buy meat, you have to tell you where it's from. You have to say whether it's been free range, but there is anything that tolerates that in, in the protein space. So taste is the most important thing. 
the issue, the, the, the hard thing with taste is, and it, all the brands are going to say it tastes good. Yeah. So the best thing, the, the problem is that some brands out there have these two and a half kilo bags and they say it tastes <laughs> amazing. And then people take one scoop and then they never touch it again. Touch and, you know, car, the carbon footprint in this, uh, of someone that's going to try all these things once, never use them again, is, is going to be crazy hard because food waste is one of the biggest drivers of higher carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah. But can, do you like to take it on a daily, like from, from a football player's point of view, that's this extreme example where they're having maybe one or two scoops every single day. Now they're training like an average Premier League player that's playing for their club and country. They play on, they have a game of football every 4.3 days over a season, which is crazy, got all of the tournaments. So they're, they're basically training a lot and they're eating a lot and they're having a lot of protein powders. Some of them are having two scoops a day because they can't eat that much because they're training so much. Mm-hmm. So these players, and they're a great example because they're the extreme end, they need to enjoy what they're taking and it needs, and it can't, they need to be able to tolerate it. So if it's keeping, if it keeps giving an upset stomach or it keeps making you bloated and bloating can come from plant-based, it can come from um, dairy-based. So just, give it a try yeah. can you consistently take it because over time the more consistent you can take it the consistently high your protein will be and the consistent your performance will be the way i look at it is 100 percent. imagine if you don't like your protein powder and you are a player you miss a few days you know you're taking double scoop stays for a week it could be 250 grams of protein if you can only, if you have 100 grams less over a week it adds up affects your performance you go from 100 percent down to 90 percent down to 80 percent down to injuries Whereas other players in your squad go from 100% to 105%. So, yeah, off tangent, but they're the two main things I think. And then we go on to, okay, let's get down to the quiz. What's more effective in terms of what it needs to do? Now, people take protein powder not for its iron content, for its protein. I know that sounds really stupid to say that, but I get a lot of people saying, oh, I'm, this has got a higher iron content, or this has got this in it. So, look, this is, you're taking it because you want to increase your protein. Let's not worry what else is in there for now. Let's worry about how the protein is affecting you. Now, we could go down a rabbit hole of total protein across the day, which I think is the most important thing, um, rather than timing as such. But in terms of the effectiveness of certain types of protein, something like a hydrolyzed whey protein, and that's why a lot of the, the bigger professional sports clubs will use something like this, because it gets into your bloodstream quicker and it helps yeah. you recover quicker. So... Yeah. Research shows that when you compare a whey protein isolate versus a hydrolyzed whey protein, you can recover in six hours for a hydrolyzed and up to 24 hours for a, an isolate. So if you're doing a wow. double day, if you're a crossfitter, you're doing a double day, you're training in the morning and you're training again in the evening. If you can take something that's fast acting and, it's, and, and it gets into your bloodstream quicker, the amino acids are more readily available, then wow. you're going to be pushing and Basically, the way they talk about recovery is it's like it's the torque that your muscles give. The way yeah. they tested it was the torque. So they said that the torque was back up to 100%. Um, so these little things are quite important. And again, another question I get asked is why don't you have a range of whey protein powders? Why do you just sell whey protein hydroisolate? In my opinion, it's the, it's the purest quality. It's, a, it's the most effective in terms of I only wanted to choose one protein powder. So I went with the most effective. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, and that's, that's, that's the choice that we made because, and we helped people, and actually it meant that we helped people that were lactose intolerant in, in the end because it, the, yeah. the way that I helped your stomach, and we probably help more people now that can't tolerate olive shakes. But hydrolyzed protein as well, when, when combined with, with, with carbohydrates, is shown to 
more effectively replace muscle glycogen post-workout as well. So if you are a double, I'm not saying isolate isn't necessarily perfect, but if you're looking at what's the difference between the two and okay, what's those sort of levers I can pull to try and improve my recovery, or if it's someone that really struggles with recovery, then maybe try going up that chain. Um, mm. You know, I think that's, everyone's doing that, that's really days, useful. Right? Yeah, no, but that's really useful. Like you say, go up the chain. It's a sliding scale. So it's, again, if you're training three times a week or you're training four times a week and, you know, maybe two days on, one day off, you know, two days on, two days off, you know, across a week, if you only, you only need to recover within that 24 hours. So again, yeah. if you're, or, you know, even sometimes 48 hours. So again, like Adam said, total protein across the day, across the week is going to be the most important driver. And if you achieve that through protein concentrate and whole foods, et cetera, then happy days. However, again, if you have the budget and also if you are wanting to then really step it up, then the time frame of recovery gets a little bit shorter if you use, utilize a slightly better protein source in terms of absorption rate, in terms of recovery potential. So that's when you can add it in. When you say it's down to the athletes, like some of our clients train six, seven times a week, especially, you know, some of the guys that are on more hybrid approach and they're doing very long training sessions. Or they're doing mix, you know, split sessions across the day, crossfitters that are doing long sessions. Like, again, if you're someone that is recovering, like, you've got to look at your overall intake first. Like, don't think that a protein powder is just going to be, yeah. you know, the magical elixir that's going to help you to all of a sudden recover and crush your training. However, yeah, it's, it's not, help. it's not steroids. Yeah. 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 It's, it's going to help 100%, but it's going to help you to get to the levels that you need to from a protein perspective. But if if you're not mismatch if you're not matching your you know obviously total calories carbohydrates fats etc then you know you're gonna you're gonna be you're still gonna have issues with recovery but I do think that that sliding scale happens there if you have got tight time frames then maybe look the research shows that using utilizing a slightly better protein then it can help your recovery so that would be where you would start to look at it again you don't need to jump in at the deep end on that. if you're training volume across the week and if your progress dictates that you don't necessarily need it then don't worry about it but it's nice to know that's good to know i think that's definitely a, a good thing now i want a couple of questions a couple of quick fire yeah. questions because these are probably going to yeah. come up people always say to me oh i don't want to take protein powder it's not a real food it's full of crap that's a very common thing that i hear mm -hmm. what's the truth they're all right, wrong. They're that. Basically, can I, I'm going to flip it and ask you a question. Do you think cheese is a food? Yes. What about milk? Yes. And a burger, for example? Yes. These are all foods. If these are all foods, then protein is a food too. Because, the pro, like I said to you before, the process is probably less than... Protein, make. when you mean protein, you mean protein powder is a food. Correct. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Protein powder. Uh, now... The, the process that it goes through, people say that don't touch ultra-processed foods or processed foods, but sometimes processed foods, like cheese, aren't a bad thing. Because what we're basically doing with, with protein powder is we're trying to make it more palatable for you, yeah. and less in fact, isolate it, isolate the protein, so you don't have to basically just drown down a, a pint of milk. The calories in a pint of milk, yes, you can get protein, you get all the amino acids from milk, but then it comes with the calories, the fat, the sugar. So, um, you know, chocolate milk has always been one of the biggest, the, yeah. the hidden secrets of recovery. Some yeah. people, it's fine for them. But um, I, I think it's a real food. I don't, 
it's a tricky one because it's it's a supplement, um, yes. but it's also a food, and it's it's in in my mind, it's one of the biggest levers you can pull to incre- improve protein in your diet and increasing your protein in your diet generally is a great lever to pull for optimal health whether you're looking to lose weight fat sorry a higher protein diet will help you lose fat more effectively if you're looking to put on muscle a higher protein diet if you're looking to age well a higher protein diet there's lots of research coming out suggesting that actually protein intake in over 50s over 60s should be way more than it should be for an 18 year old young gym goer um so yeah, it, it, it's a food in my mind. It's a food. It's not a food in my mind. It's a food. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. Do you need it? It's another question we get a lot. Do you need it? Can you not just get it for whole food? You don't need anything. You could live yeah, of off water for a live off water for about a month. Yeah, but of course, question, you can. of course you can get it for whole foods. Exactly right. But it's a again point of nothing is essential to a certain degree apart from oxygen and water to survive. You could probably last, I think, about 30 days on just the fat stores in your body alone. But does it help you get to where you need to go if you're looking to achieve a certain goal or if you're looking to improve your diet in terms of um, protein intake? Yes, it does. Is it yeah. If it's a real food, which I think, and I know it is, why is it pushed across the side? I'm not, it's hard for me to come across genuine here because obviously I own a protein business, but I, I, I own a protein business because I believe in this. Yeah, but... It's, it's I, agree with you, I agree with so. you, I agree with you, Ad, on that, because it's one that often people will say to us, oh, I don't like protein powder, I don't get on with protein powder, do I need to take it? No, you don't. But if you're only eating 60 grams of protein from, you know, your little bit of this meat, porridge, fish, por- porridge, yeah, you know, whatever, a couple of seeds, a couple of nuts. And you and you say to us, oh, well, I really struggle to hit my protein. Oh, I don't want to eat more meat. Oh, I don't want to, don't want to eat. Oh, I can't eat too many nuts because I'm going to blow my fat target out. Oh, I can't. I don't. I don't get on with yogurt. Oh, I don't get on with. Oh, the vegan. Is in the end, you're like, okay, well, what's your goal? Mm. If you, we know definitively that a higher protein tar- like intake, like you say, helps with so many health and performance goals. So you have to do it. You have to figure out a way to do it. Now, if you don't want to eat more meat, fish, nuts, seeds, vegan, substitutes, whatever, then taking a protein powder is yeah. going to be helpful. The reason why we suggest it is because it's convenient. And yeah. it's often, especially with the state of food prices in the moment, it's a convenient, cheaper way to get protein into your diet. Mm-hmm. You know, And it can be portable. It can be mixed with foods. We even suggest that, going on a little tangent here, probably jump in in a couple of questions ahead we even can tell people to buy a natural unflavored one which is Mm. rank if you just drink it by yourself so bad so but you can add it to soups add it to stews Mm. add it to curries add it to things even if it's a tablespoon smoothies add it Mm. to stuff to bump up Mm. the protein intake and the reason why people don't think it's a food is because it comes in a shiny package or a tub Mm. it's not on the you know it's not in in a thing where you know, it's in the supermarket. Like it's a, but... it's a protein bar of food. People look at a protein bar and well, say, that's yeah, food. Exactly, yeah. Like, well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, no replacement. Like, I think people look at the, like, say, like a ready-to-drink protein shake, which is basically a lot of the, the, the whey ones are whey and milk, and the vegan mm-hmm. ones are vegan powder and oats, soy milk, whatever. They see those as food. So it, it is it is ostracized a little bit, but, yeah, you know, I also think it's just a great platform 
you know, like we talk about glutamine, we talk about creatine, we talk about beta alanine. It's just a great way to to mix all those things together, uh, as well as at the same time in your post workout. Um, yeah. Again, I, I know we're gonna we're, we're gonna I talk about post workout, the anabolic anabolic window. I know you've talked about it in the past. Yeah, we'll come on I to know that. We we'll talk about it later, so we'll do that in a bit. Next one. Yeah, often people will say it's full of crap. That's what I said. Like, yeah. what what do people mean? Like, I think we're going into the into the realms of it's got loads of artificial sweeteners loads of fillers gums you know etc and i do think that back in the day when i'm saying back in the day like nine mid 90s um, you know that is something that maybe some of the products did have Mm. you know the earlier proteins they they were a little bit funky Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know my opinion I think that these days there's not a ton of crap in them. I think there's like three or four ingredients in most, yeah. you know, and the things that you can, so could you give us a little bit of insight, like soy, lecithin, different course, artificial yeah. sweeteners, like what are the, what are these? And, and that we should be, should be, we should be, should we be worried about them? Do you know what? The best way to decipher the answer to this question is obviously the less ingredients, the better. Yeah. I'll come to talk quickly, really quickly about what the ingredients do. They basically help. So soy lectin helps emulsify, helps it mix together, basically. Yeah. Without that, it, w- it just would just globulate, it wouldn't form. The other one you'll see as well is like a, a cellulose gum, which is from a natural vegetable fiber. And again, it helps thicken it a little bit because obviously some of them don't have any fat and sugar in. So they are literally just raw protein. So these, these, these are safe gums. These are safe stabilizers, emulsifiers. Artificial sweetener, it's a very hot topic. In the, in the volume that goes into these ingredients, into these protein powders, sucralose is the, probably the most popular one. Uh, it's not going to harm you in, in the volume that you're taking. You could have, like, the, the only research I think they did that, that showed about sucralose being bad was on, in rats. And I think you'd have to have like two or 300 protein shakes a day to get anywhere near yeah. that. It's like yeah. saying bananas are bad for you if you have a hundred of them a day. Of course they are. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like we have a sucralose in our way. We also have an unflavored way. We literally just the protein in, and we have a vegan protein with no, with with a natural, you know, stevia. So stevia, yeah. But uh, what there's a little guide I've got. Like I said to you at the start, if you're taking away protein concentrate, and it's below seventy percent protein powder, do not take it because it's got too much stuff in it. That you don't need. You're taking protein Very powder good. for protein powder. Like if it's got fillers in, if it's got maltodextrin, dextrose, psyllium fiber. It's, just don't take it. You're taking it for a protein powder. Now, if you're taking it as a meal replacement, as some of the sort of the blends have got, you know, oats and oats in the oat powder, or they've got potato or something like that. And then that's, that's a different story. But if you're looking at just a pure protein powder, then if it's below 70%, don't take it. If it's an isolate, if it's below 80%, don't take it. Um, and again, the 7% rule works well with vegan. So for me, I think you're, you're pretty fine if you use those, the 7 to 80% rule. On a pure protein powder. Um, yeah. Again, we go back to the rule about if it's is it safe. Third party testing is, is quite an important thing. Heavy metals have been shown to, you know, come part of a lot of protein powders, especially in I think it was a Clean Project. I wrote it down. Who what the name was? It? The Clean Naval Project did a, a test and showed some some protein powders had like high BPA, which is basically plastic, yeah. um, and 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 the metals. So a good protein powder which will be a slightly more expensive to do third-party testing, such as weight, 
Um, also informed sport testing. So if you're an athlete, you're competing, you need to get this stuff drugs tested. But informed sport isn't just about drugs testing. It's about making sure that the, the manufacturing process is as yeah, clean, as, yeah, as yeah, yeah. safe as possible, like yeah. clean downs in between stuff. So, so they're, they're the things, they're the things you've got to look out for. Um, if you don't know what things great. are, then just don't take it. Um, yeah. Fantastic, yeah. mate. I think, I think, like you say, that hopefully gives people, or maybe allays people's fears a little bit around yeah. consuming protein. Yeah. Uh, because like you say, the amounts in the research, like the ingredients aren't harmful. You know, these ingredients are very common in a lot of foods. And it's very, very challenging to eat completely unprocessed foods the whole time. Mm. So yeah. I think, you know, you, you're looking at the the majority of your food should be coming from whole foods. You know, that's, that's you know, a, a given. But if we have certain specific goals, then utilizing something like a protein powder for me is a very useful thing. Now, the question is, how much is too much? I don't know if we can answer this. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give I mean, my personal experience. I use a protein go, powder yeah. every single day. I use it every single day. Okay. And because I know that I need to hit a certain level of protein. And to do that, I don't want to eat more meat. I don't want to eat more fish through just palatability kind of perspective, but also a cost perspective, time perspective, you know, and I do well on it. I feel fine on it. You know, I've changed, like I said earlier, I changed the type of protein powder I've been using, but I always focus on quality and I feel that I, you know, feel good utilizing it every day. Sometimes I would use it twice a day. So I would mix it in oats or yogurt in the morning and then I might have it later on in the day or I might use a tablespoon later on in a meal or again in a snack or whatever in a smoothie you know it don't have to be always a scoop like it can be small amounts or larger amounts if some days I don't like when I go on holiday I don't take it you know it's 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 not necessarily something I need but I find that it's a useful way to hit my protein target and when I don't hit my protein target consistently don't hit it I notice a difference you know so I think there, obviously, again, everything in large amounts can be an issue. So if you are consuming protein powder every single meal or you're yeah. taking like four scoops a day, maybe you could, you know, that's absolutely fine. Like genuinely, if you're a big person that requires that much protein, then, you know, that's cool. Like I have this thing. I don't know if you, maybe this is the wrong way to look at it, but. If you're going to consume a really high quality hydrolyzed protein powder to hit your protein target, or the alternative was to go onto a certain website and buy a five kilo packet of chicken that has been raised in cages, a pump full of hormones and a load of crap and water. And then that's how you get your higher protein target. What's better? Mm. Is it? The, the processed meat that's been sh- had a stressful life that has a lot of stress hormones in it and you know things, or is it going to be a protein powder that's actually been produced naturally really well from a highly quality high quality manufacturer? I don't know. That, mm. What do you do? Oh, but I'm eating real food. Is it? Is it? Is it real food? You know, I don't know. That's my, that's where I I have an issue with people always saying all oh, protein powders are bad. I don't mm. I don't think they are. So I use it every day. I have clients that use it every day and they're absolutely fine. Like, yeah. you must use it every day, most days. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I've got it on. I've obviously got it on tap. Literally, I've got it. I, my my protein bag has come by the ton rather than by the kilo. <laughs> but like, I wouldn't. I would never have more than say over a course of seven days. I'll probably have ten shakes, and that I have vegan yeah. protein powder in my smoothie in the morning because I think it's slightly higher in iron. I think our from personal preference, the vegan powder, protein powder that we have just tastes a bit more richer in my morning yeah, it's smoothie. Excellent. Yeah, but then I'll exactly. always have weighed post-workout because it gets into my bloodstream quicker. I know that I can recover quicker on it. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's light. I don't want to have a smith thick after I've worked out. Uh, so it, it's like saying, you just said it, like if you had chicken with every meal all the time, is that healthy? It's not not healthy, but it's not healthy. It's mm-hmm. just variety is, is the healthiest thing. You could eat. You could only eat spinach, one of the healthiest green vegetables you could possibly know on the planet, in my opinion. Uh, but if you had it, all day, every day, and that's all you ever had. I'd imagine it probably come quite toxic, or that would be too much. So, yeah. I see protein powder as another form of protein. It's just great, but it is good to mix with things. So, the biggest thing yeah. we see is people don't have protein for breakfast. So, just put it in your porridge. Yeah, um, that's a very good point, buddy. That's one of my biggest tips. One of the biggest things that we say to clients is that you don't always need to use your protein powder as a shake post workout. Mm. Like I find one of the most beneficial ways is to help distribute your protein intake across the day. We've covered this in previous podcasts. The total protein across your day, across your week is the king, is the king, the castle. Mm. Then distribution across the day is next in line. You know, and we call that the prince um, or the queen. So that's the, they're, they're the two most important things. And you can utilize protein powder, I think, to be able to help you achieve that. Yeah. It doesn't always need to be post-workout, especially if you're going to eat a meal relatively soon afterwards and you're potentially not going to train that next day. Why do you need to work, rush your workout? Like you know, yeah. that. So I think it's an, a, a useful time to be having it elsewhere. You mentioned the anabolic window. Me and Luke have done a podcast on this not too long ago. Yeah. You must get bombarded with questions on the anabolic window in terms mm-hmm. of having a protein. Do, yeah, do we need to take it post do we need to take it, you know, the, in the anabolic window in that 30 minutes, 40 minutes post-workout or, you know, what's your, what's your insight? I like the, um, I think the, the terminology anabolic, anabolic garage door is a better term than window. I've saw that recently, which I quite like. No, of course you don't need to do it. it you it all depend. There's so many variants of like, have you fed, are you going into the workout fed? Are you, yeah. Like, in that, in a window after exercise where you're, well, you've just worked out, um, you've broken down the muscle, you've used up the glycogen stores, then you are more sensitive, insulin raised, you are more sensitive to taking on nutrients. That includes protein. You don't need to do it though. Um, however, I think it is a very good habit slash hack to, especially for morning and lunchtime gym goers or exercisers. I don't want to talk about just the gym. Uh, I've started away because I was working in London, I used to go to the gym at lunchtime and I was sick and tired of carrying around a Tupperware of protein. So I created a brand that does protein powder sachets so I can just throw it in my bag. Because I would go back to the office and I'd have my lunch ready, but shit would always hit the fan. It's the same in the morning. So I think if you're, uh, I like the fact of, of the, the habit sort of add-on or stacking as it's called. Yeah. Uh, of you go for a workout, you have a shake. Therefore, you always know that you've got protein in it and you don't need it, but I think it's a good habit. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. So like, yeah, if you're going to go home in the evening and work out, I just think life gets in the way. It's such a pure, it's a whole food, it's it's not whole food, it's a a food source. 
I could argue it's a whole food source, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. So it's, it's a great form of protein. If, if you were to say, if you had to list the perfect forms of protein, protein to have after a workout, then I think it would be up there because you know you're always going to get it. And if you're going to stack that habit and your meetings right over run when you get back to the office and you've forgotten it, if you've got it in your bag, then do it. But no, it's not needed. Protein across the day is way more important. Um, yeah. okay. Can we talk about Lucy? No. Quickly. Yes, of course. There's twice you've told me now. I know. Um, I know. This is my so podcast. <laughs> you can't be telling us what to do. We've got a script. You're still, you're still, oh, ask, you're still really, asking the original question. Let's talk about leucine because you have a nice yeah. analogy. Talk to me. Yeah. I've even written it down so I don't want to get it wrong. I came up with it the other day. Um, this is proper preparation. Much better than me. This poor preparation. So people know what leucine is in general. Um, like we talked about earlier on about the spiking in the food. Why is it so important? Um, without enough leucine, you don't turn on mTOR, you don't activate S, like I want these are in a sec, and you can't build any muscle. That's just that's a short, simple answer to that. But let's think of it as driving a car. So leucine is the driver, is the key. Quite literally the key, it's the, it's, the, it's the key used to drive the car. So you could have everything else set up in your car. You could have, you know, Drake on, on the Spotify, ready to go. You have driving gloves, fueled, a full tank of petrol. You know what I mean? But if you don't turn that key and the car doesn't turn on, that's all irrelevant. So if you don't have enough leucine in, in, in a serving, you don't turn on that process and therefore you don't go through muscle protein synthesis. And this is yeah. where it's really important to look at how much leucine is in your protein powder. And it's quite an important yeah. thing to look at in terms of, yes, certain proteins have more leucine in. It's, it's, it's predominantly based on the source. So the more you put in, the, the, the easier it is to hit that level. But sometimes if you had like a 20 gram shake of, you know, whey protein concentrate or casein that's not got enough leucine in it to how much do we need 2.3 to 2.5 grams of leucine is the per key serving. so it's not just per serving it so it's not just the key the key but also the size of the key so from the car analogy if the, if the size of the key is not the right size you're not going to turn on that car so let's assume that you've got the leucine let's assume that you've got 2.3 to 2.5 grams of leucine in that shake in that food whatever turning the key or on the new cars pressing the fucking button um, it's basically initiated to start the engine and the engine is mTOR. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but mTOR basically signals and activates muscle protein. Muscle protein synthesis. Yeah. However, yeah. if you have that mTOR, if you turn that switch and there's no fuel in the car, the car won't start. So a lot of the times you'll see people spiking leucine, but there's not much else behind the scenes. BCAAs is a great one. Oh, I'm yeah. going to take BCAAs. That's great. I can... I could just build muscle on that. No, you can't. Because yeah. if you don't have the complete protein, which I talked about earlier on, as behind that leucine, then you will not be able to build the new muscle tissue that you need. So basically, yeah, yeah. the fuel that you put in your car, this is why it's such a great analogy. There's good fuels, there's bad fuels. You know, like I said before, plant-based protein powders aren't a bad fuel. When combined together, they become a very good fuel. Just making sure that you've got that 2.3, 2.5 grams of leucine. A yeah. good protein powder will tell you what it is. And then yeah, once you've got it, the yeah. car yeah, yeah. running and once you've got the car started, driving that car to your destination is basically like building the muscle. So you still, we're talking about muscle building here. If you want to inhibit most muscle protein synthesis, which is what most people want to do when they're taking protein powder, you also have to have the other stimulus, which is resistance training. Because like you said before, you can't just sit on your sofa at home, take protein powder, whether that's pee, whether that's whey, and expect to put on muscle. You, you still need that stimulus, which is quite important. So... 
for me, that's quite an important thing. So when you're looking at your protein pub or whatever that may be, make sure you have a little deep dive. Yeah, there will be. If you want a little tip, if you want a little tip as well, and it's maybe vegan, it doesn't say it, just put a little bit more than you need. So for example, Don Lehman is great. He actually came up with this 2.3 to 2.5 grams of protein analogy in, in research. He's, he's always asked, oh, is meat better than vegan foods? In theory, it, the better is only because it's got higher leucine. But if you had more peas or more peas, yeah. and you'd be fine. So just go on a high, slightly higher dosage. Yeah, you get on the roots of the high calories. But for me, that's quite an important thing when you're looking at, is it good or is it bad? Because what otherwise you're literally... You... Sorry, Karen. Go on. Yeah, if you're I think I was going to answer your question. I was like, if you don't have that, then you don't turn on the engine, then you don't start the car, like, therefore you don't. So basically yeah, taking, you're taking that and you're, you're not producing the, what you need. What happens if I hit 1.5 grams? It doesn't turn on that mTOR signaling. Therefore, the muscle protein synthesis does not start. So you it doesn't that, turn on the you car. Need that thresh- you need that threshold. Yeah. That threshold will probably be researched and change. But I'd imagine the 2.5 has come from an average. If you aim for 2.5, it's actually 2.3, like I said, or 2, potentially. Yeah. It might yeah, turn yeah, on. Yeah. But it, this goes back to the point of the RDA of protein, which is a fucking joke. If people yeah, are, it's very low, isn't it? Yeah. If if you're aiming for 0.8, you're probably going to get between 0.6 and one. And if you get a 0.6, you're by the even by the NHS's standards deficient in protein. So push that double the RDA, which is what we're campaign that we're running, aim for slightly higher. So, so yeah, quite an important bit of of looking at protein powder outside of does it taste nice? Can I tolerate it? Um, is it the purest form? Is it safe? Those sort of things. That's excellent, buddy. That is excellent. Let me just do a quick recap because then we've got a couple of Mythbusters just to finish on. Cool. So when we're looking for a protein, we have a bit of a sliding scale in terms of the percentage of protein. So concentrate being a little bit lower. Don't choose something that's 70% or lower. Then you go into isolate, which is slightly more, um, like I said, reduce the carbohydrates even further, reduce the fat content even further, and it's a little bit faster absorbing. And then you've got the hydrolyzed way as like the kind of top end where they add food enzymes in to help it absorb quicker Mm -hmm. and be digested quicker. Then, you know, the protein of plant, like plant-based proteins, you know, looking at a blend these days to help get a more complete amino acid profile, but also get slightly higher levels of leucine. Some, yours included, add leucine into this to help get to that threshold of 2.5, which is the, which is the key, which is the, the, the signal for muscle protein synthesis to occur. So you need to be looking, regardless if it's a whey or a plant-based protein, at the leucine threshold or per serving. Mm-hmm. I think that's a key thing for me. You've got yeah. to be looking at per serving. So if they're saying one scoop and it's got 1.5 grams of leucine, then yeah, you might get... It's not a serving. <laughs> you're not a serving because you are going to be getting total protein in your diet. And for example, if you were doing that and then adding it to a yogurt that has leucine in it or has, you know, or you're having it alongside a wrap which has chicken in it or fish or whatever that has leucine in it, then that's cool. You're going to bump up because you're probably going to get another 1.5 from chicken. So again, you're looking at the, the, the practicality of it. But generally, you want to be aiming for something and buying a product that has that threshold, which is really, really key. Less ingredients, the better. But I think most protein powders these days are pretty good at that. They are, yeah. yeah. Don't get worried about the sweeteners and, you know, stuff. Like, I see it all the time. People worry about sweeteners. Oh, I can't take sucralose and then 
you see what they consume at the weekends and i'm like whoa you oh yeah it doesn't matter i don't yeah i don't i I don't take protein powder and sucralose but i happily smash a dominoes once a week like all that processed meat and all that crap in that like don't worry about it you know like that little tiny bit of of, of sweetener again the research shows that there isn't it not an issue at all Mm. um it's the the devil's in the dose and the dose yeah. is very, very high to be yeah. causing yeah. any issues. So yeah, don't worry about it. And then how much should you be consuming? Again, is it, it's a bit of a sliding scale depending on your volume of intensity that you're training, your, your training, but also the overall diet, your diet, uh, sorry, the, the amount of protein you're eating from the rest of your diet. Like if you have a higher protein diet because you like to eat bigger servings of you know, in your main meals, then you don't necessarily need to be adding a protein powder in. However, for me, it's a very convenient and these days cheaper alternative to adding protein into your diet on a consistent basis. And if you're someone that likes to have that sweet hit as well, you know, I think it's again, something that you can top meals up with, whether it's just having a shake afterwards or adding it to foods and, you know, utilizing it across your day as opposed to always having it post-workout. Yeah. Do you agree on those, mate? You, you, you smashed that. Perfect. Perfect. Lesson learned. You, you're 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 the doctor again. Very good. It. No, it's absolute <laughs> knowledge. Just that absolute superb stuff. So, a couple of myths that we might get. Yeah. Females taking protein powder. Will protein powder? We have to say, like, well, would it make me bulky? Am I going to gain a ton of muscle on it? Give us a. An no, on this buddy. unfortunately no, yeah, not. It's, it's 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 hard on the women. Unfortunately, their the levels of testosterone, their ability to build muscle as easy as as the men it, it is a lot harder. You can't just take it, and it's not like I said. You can't just sit on your couch and take it. Even if you're doing a lot of exercise, even if you're doing a lot of resistance training, it's still it's just hard. So so no, basically. And we didn't mention it earlier, but if you're taking a women's protein powder, put it in the fucking bin. It's a waste yeah. of money. Diet protein powder, again, we did a pod on this, but again, diet protein powder has more calories in it, well, the one I'm talking about, than pretty much all the other protein powders that you should be taking. So, yeah, yeah it's bullshit. Yeah. Or they add like a L-carnitine in. That's the normally yeah. the one they do. Green tea extract. Green tea, I forgot about the green tea extract yeah. as well. You, you, I worked out, you need basically some I think about, I think it was, tw- I think it was a 20 a day to get the form of green tea that you need to help. And all it does is increase your metabolism. Just have green tea, mate. Like, yeah. it's all good. Stop eating less. Just eat and less. And CLA as well, which is another one that they only show. CLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. it helps increase or reduce appetite in people that are over 70. So, yeah. Just eat less calories. So, no, it won't make you bulky because there's a lot of other factors that are going to make you bulky. Protein powder won't. And are they just for people that work out? No. Like we said before, you would probably would have mentioned this on numerous other podcasts, certainly numerous other content. Higher protein in general. Um, if we're talking about it, it's a food, it's a food with protein in, which we talked about. It won't. It's not just for people to work out. If you want to lose weight by sitting on your couch and lowering your, and lowering your calories by having a higher protein diet, from something like a protein powder, which is the lowest calorie, so if like it's like twenty grams of protein, for example, you won't find a lower calorie version of of whole food, whether that's yeah. chicken, turkey, whatever. So it's super low yeah. calories. So so no, it's not. It's can use it. Other things, it can also be helped with people with type 2 diabetes that want to, uh, like my dad, for example, is type 2 diabetic. He'd, he'd always eat porridge and honey for breakfast, thinking that he was healthy, um, it, which it sounds like quite a healthy breakfast. Yeah, if you're fucking Goldilocks, it is. However, it spikes glucose. So 
having protein in that as uh, uh, slows down the glucose spike for him. And that's actually, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's life-saving for him because it helps stop him spiking glucose. So um, there's also satiety. So then, satiety, you know, yeah. if, you, if you have protein, the research has shown if you have protein at breakfast, you end up eating less calories across the rest of the day because you're, yeah. you know, protein is satiated nutrient. So again, on that, yeah. in that context, it can be very help. Yeah. Is it a real food? I think we've answered yes. that. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, do you need to always take it post-workout? No. You don't? One word earning. Yeah, good. And we, we, you mentioned this, just to finish up on bloated. Mm. I think mm. I've done a couple of Instagram posts on this okay. and we, 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 we told people you need to do this to post-workout and mm. often we are rushing to take a protein shake and often sometimes people would go, oh, I feel bloated when I take my shake post-workout. It's normally because they rush and take, you know, when they're in a stressful state or, you know, parasympathetic state where mm-hmm. we've got that, you know, that, that fight kind of like system activated because we've just done a workout and we crushed it, you know, so blood is distributed to the working muscles away from the digestive system and taking then a massive protein shake post-workout often leads to them going, I feel good, I feel bloated and whatever. So we advise people from this this scenario it's just the wait 10 15 minutes and like you said the anabolic garage door I like that mm. double garage door yeah. probably double garage that, yeah. and the that is still going to be open half an hour 45 minutes and me and Luke talked about it. it can even be open up 24 hours so yeah you know it's not slammed shut after 45 minutes so, so we'll just wait wait a little bit of time get into a more sympathetic state it's, it's hard to get straight into it but, you know, shower, stretch, chat, lay on your back if you're a CrossFitter for 45 minutes, you know, and talk about how hard the world was, you know, and <laughs> just relax and then consume your shake. And I guarantee that this is going to reduce that bloating. Any other yeah. ben- any other tips on, on that? Nail on the head, mate. It's so simple, but just wait a little bit. Because obviously when you're exercising, your blood is not in your stomach because you should be digesting food when you exercise. The only thing I would, the only other one I would add would be outside of the lactose in the, in the drink would be just take your time. Don't, this protein shakes are so easy to down. Yeah, they are, yeah. And like, I, I'm not a massive fan of like, I'll take it with 150 or 200 ml of water. Um, cause then people just down it. Just, just take it with like a little bit more water or whatever the, ha- whatever else you want to mix it with. And just yeah. take your time a little bit with it. Yeah, I agree. Love it, nourish it, drink it. Love it. Love your so, shit. That is that is from a protein powder business. Love owner. your shit. Love I have to love it because it pays it pays for my mortgage, so I have <laughs> to love it. But also like, you know, don't take the stuff that's gonna make you shit yourself because it yeah. There are there are brands out there, okay, it's back to the source. It's got high it's high sort of high hormones which you can't test for obviously, but just try and find the source. So another thing about the bloatedness is just try and find out where it's from. Yeah. It's grass fed. Irish dairy is the best in the world. Irish and New Zealand are the two best places to, to have mm. dairy in bovine cattle. So yeah, Britain's pretty good, but yeah, the, nice. the, that's just simple. But the, the, the one show after exercise is, is the best because we get people like, oh, I thought you told me it was stomach friendly. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, when do you have it? Oh, I down it straight after my workout, which is in theory, okay, but it's, it's, it's why they get it. So um, yeah, take your time. Mate, I really, really appreciate your time. If people have got this far, well done. And I really hope that it's been a insightful kind of overview of protein powder because I do mm. think that it's an area where 
it can be very, very beneficial, very beneficial to a lot of people's health. You know, again, even if you're aging and not training, um, if you're struggling to get protein targets, um, if you're trying to lose weight, trying to build muscle, again, protein in general is very, very important. And we are trying to, on this podcast and what we do is try to provide people with practical solutions to be able to achieve their goals without getting overwhelmed and bombarded and bamboozled with all of the stuff that's out there. So hopefully this is, this is broken protein powder down and I really appreciate you coming on, mate. So look, we have obviously mentioned the, the business throughout it, but I've used Wade, uh, you know, over the different, over the years, like in different ways, like, you know, with the whey protein powder, with the sachets, with the vegan protein, you know, so where's the best place? Instagram website. Yeah. So Wade, w- com. Um, that's the best place to get it. I'll set up a little discount code. So it's a PH, so for PH Nutrition, Papa Hotel, and then Pods, P-O-D, so PH Pod. And that'll give you guys all 20% off. Um, oh, we're generous. He's feeling generous. I just, I just generous why not? It's, it's, 20. It's, what day is it? Thursday. It's... I'm feeling generous. Wow. But, uh, but, but yeah. Now go and like, get that. Go and get listen, after it. Yeah. Give it, have a look at our story. What we're, we're trying to do. Like it's, it's a hard yeah. ride out there. And we're having fun. It's it's it's, it's beautiful. It's you either you either crying or you're laughing, but I love it. And um, yeah. helping people doing what you do, helping people get healthier, helping people get back on the bike. Quite literally, is why we do it. So yeah, it's it's all worth it. So yeah, cracking stuff, mate. I really appreciate your time, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. As always, please share this with someone that maybe has a few issues with protein powder questions, or uh, you know hopefully you can go back through this and and utilize it if you ever like say struggling with uh, knowing what you should be doing with protein powder like subscribe let us know your thoughts let us know any kind of other topics any other guests that you want and thank you so much for your support with the podcast and have a wonderful up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 